Hello, I'm Edward Looney, and today you're listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. We're going to be hearing from Brandy today as she shares with us her story about how she found her biological family, especially on her paternal side. And so I welcome today Brandy to our show. Hello. It's great to have you, and you're another individual who has reached out to me and said, I listen to the podcast, and I want to share my story. And so this is just a good moment to just pause and remind people that if you're listening, and perhaps you found a relative, maybe you have a friend that found a relative, well, let them know about this podcast. You can reach out to me by contacting me directly through the podcast page at fireside.fm, so DNA discoveries.fireside.fm, or you can email DNA discoveries podcast at gmail.com. When a person like Brandy sends me a message, they give a little summary about their story. She shared with me that she was 41 years old, and when she was 10, her mother told her that her dad was not her dad, and that she had met her biological father while on vacation at the age of 17. This began a lifelong search, then you could say, many questions about who her father might be, but the hope of finding him, she thought, was for naught that it would not take place. But yet here we are, 2021, and she has found biological family. And so Brandy, maybe just share a little bit about how it was that you came to learn at such a young age. And do you remember how you received that information? What impact did that make in your life at such a young age at the age of 10? So when I was 10, I overheard a family member talking to somebody, another family member, about my dad not being my dad. And when I talk about my dad, I am talking about my birth certificate father, the man who is on my birth certificate, who he who is not my biological father. So my I, I overhear the family member talking to another family member about this. And I um, go to my mother and I t- ask her, is dad my dad? And she tells me to sit down. Um, she sits me down on my grandfather's back patio and begins to tell me a story about a man that she met on vacation. They were on a family vacation when she was 17. She was between her junior year and senior year of high school. Um, And she, she uh, explained to me that at this point she could not remember his name she did not know where he lived and she did not know um, his age or, you know, she didn't have any information, but the one thing that she did have was a picture. So she hands me a picture of somebody. And um, when I, when I found, when I, when I got the information, I don't remember having any really big emotions behind it. Um, But the thing that I have to, I guess, include in my story is two years before my mom gave me this information, my parents separated for the last time. My parents, when I talk about my parents, I'm talking about my birth certificate father and my mother who were dating when I was conceived. So when my mom gets back from family vacation, she starts her senior year of high school And a few weeks after her senior year starts, she finds out she's pregnant. She goes to my dad, my birth certificate father, and explains to him that she's pregnant. And she said within a week, they were married. So it it was just all this uh, stuff that happened so quickly. And I was conceived in 1979. So in 1979, it's just really what people did. You know, they didn't, (laughs) they didn't, uh, you know, I'm not going to say no women raise their children alone, but normally what would happen when a teenager would get, would get pregnant, they would go tell the father and then the two would get married and they'd live happily ever after or not. But anyway, so when I was um, born, my parents were married. And when I was about nine months old, my parents divorced. So from the time I was nine months to the time I was eight, 
My parents were off again, on again. They, they had a very unstable relationship. So by the time my mom is telling me this, telling me this at 10 years old, I don't think my 10 year old brain could really um, process what she was telling me because of all the chaos I had already lived through. And when I say that, I just mean chaos as in, you know, one minute your parents are together, the next minute they're not, then you're moving away and then you're back. And, you know, there's just a lot of chaos going on. So when you ask me, uh, what were the emotions behind finding out? I don't remember having any really big emotions. I do remember feeling like all I had was a picture and there was no way to really find out who this man was. So. Sure. And so there's a few things that really come to mind as you just shared some of that early story about how you came to learn this information. You mentioned it was 1979, and this is just what people did. They got married in that moment. And it's interesting because if it was 10 years earlier, or maybe even a, a little longer than that, there, there's this book out there. It was called, I think, something like The Girls That Went Away. And basically, it was these girls who would be pregnant, and they would go off to an unwed mother's home or something like that. Basically, they would disappear, and then they would come back after they gave birth. And so uh, very traumatic stories uh, in the book that I read, or I listened to the audiobook. But, you know, so that was one time. And now here we have your time, 1979, when you're conceived, when you're born, that, you know, customarily, they didn't raise a child, as you said, alone, they get married, it's on again, off again, as you said, for several years. And, so you you make that specification that he is your birth certificate father. Now, was he under the impression that he was the biological father or did he know and kind of decided that he would adopt you because he loved your mother? He was under the impression that I was his biological child until I was eight. So when I was eight, when my parents separated for the last time, my mom did tell him that she did not think I was his. So from the time I was eight until now, he knew that there was a possibility or my, my mom always kind of explained it to me like she knew. She she said that at about two years old, I uh, she said she explains it like this. She said she was sitting down on the floor. She was looking through old pictures. Um, I'm running around at two and she said she's looking through these old pictures and comes across the picture of this man she met on vacation and she said that the resemblance was too close she said that once and you have to remember from the what i said before my parents weren't consi consistently together so I, I i'm thinking that you know with being maybe this was a time when they were um separated. I don't, I don't really know. I, I actually have not clarified that with my mom. I, I can, I, it's not that I can't, but anyway. Um, so anyway, she explains the story that she's sitting on the floor. She's looking through these pictures. She comes across this picture and she said she did like a double take, like, Oh no. So I think that when that happened, I think, you know, right away when that happened, my mom felt a lot of guilt and shame um, that just got bottled up. I, I, I look at it like she, I think what happened was she wrapped it up and put it on a shelf. And when I was eight and her and my dad were separating, she took it back off that shelf. And, and I, and I also want to say that when I was eight, my mom went through this time in her life where um, she got really tired of the lifestyle that her and my dad were living. My dad is a drug addict. And at the time, my mom was um, living, kind of living the same lifestyle, uh, not, not to the, not to the extent that he does, but she was drinking and, and doing drugs for sure. And just living a very wild lifestyle. So I, I when she, right before they separated, um, he she went through this time where God was really working on her and working on her heart. And at that time when she started really 
uh, turning her life over. I think she didn't feel like she had the option to lie anymore. I think that it was just, she felt very compelled to just tell the truth, which, which I think in the end is probably the best thing you can do. But at that time, I'm sure it was really hard. So you're, birth certificate father raises you for eight years, kind of finds out you might not be the father, probably did a paternity test, but he's your father on the birth certificate. So when they separate, does he get custody? Do you see him again? What's that relationship like? So my my birth certificate father is scared to death of needles and never wanted a paternity test. Um, from the time I was eight to the time I was about 10, my dad did not come around a whole lot. He was um, pretty absent, which is another reason why I think uh, there were no, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of big emotions at the time of the discovery of her telling me, because um, I think that, uh, again, I was hurting from him being absent and from the separation. And so uh, I, my dad never requested a paternity test. He never asked for one. Um, he was not the most present father, though. He did come back around. So I can I can I can say that for a man who knew I was not biologically connected to him, he did still make somewhat of an effort. I, I always tell people I liken him to like a fun uncle because he wasn't there really when I needed him. Hmm. Um, or for the, you know, major times in my life where I needed him, but he would come around and he'd take me to the zoo or take, and, and you have to remember too, when I was five, I had a little sister. Um, my mom actually had, had my sister. And so I have a five-year-old sister that's five, I have a sister that's five years younger than me. And so when he would come, he would come and get both of us and we would go to the zoo or go to the, um, you know, museum or there, there were things along the way where he did interact with us. He wasn't completely out of our lives, but he was never, my, my mom did a lot on her own for a long time. So that's what I will say. So you go from the age of eight to present day, 41, and you just have this question mark. Well, who is my dad? And, you know, there are stories of people where, where they actually, you know, know family members that are actually blood relations, but they had no idea until they did their DNA test, for example. So what inspires you at the age of 40, 41 to do the DNA test? In 2017, so all these years, we, we've always, me, my sister, and my mother have always had this conversation about my biological father and who he could be and who he, you know, who is he and where is he from? And DNA tests come out and I'm like, this is awesome. You know, like this is going to probably, this is probably something that would really give me answers. And so in 2017, my mom buys my sister and I both um, DNA tests uh, kits for Christmas. And so we're both very excited. We send our DNA kits off about the same time and I get my results back. And I, I have to kind of back up here because when my mom gave me the picture of the man she met on vacation, one thing that she told me was that he was American Indian. And so and, and in the picture, to me, he looks American Indian. Indian. I, I can see very well why she either thought that or why he thought that, because she still feels like she's not sure if he told her that or if she just came up with that on her own. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, so when I get my DNA test back, I don't have any American Indian DNA. And so I call my sister because my sister has done this test. And I say, did you get your results back? And she tells me no. And I said, well, I don't know what's going on, but I don't have any American Indian DNA. And she said, we kind of, that night, we kind of, it was funny because we kind of made these jokes and not really, a, it was a joke. It was like a big, we were laughing about it, but um, we were like, that would be so funny if we're just both dads because my, my birth certificate dad, his mom is, 
uh, 100% Czechoslovakian. And so even though I wasn't, I didn't have any um, Eastern European blood or DNA, I thought maybe that it was just registering as um, just European blood in general. And so we were making this joke, like, what if we're both dads and this whole time we've gone, you know, we've gone through our whole life thinking that I, we were half sisters and dad's not my dad. And so um, the next day she calls me and my sister is like sobbing and I'm like, what's wrong? And she goes, I got my DNA results back. And I said, okay. She said, "Uh, I'm not dad's. And I, I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, well, how do you know? And she said, Brandy, I'm half Mexican. And so I was like, what in the world? Like, we're both just like completely caught off guard because both of our DNAs were different than what they should have been. And so my sister goes, so this is 2017. And um, I do have to say that I don't have a Facebook. So I don't know about DNA detectives or things that I know about now. I, I don't know about um, search angels and all these correct. things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So my sister goes on this journey to find out who her biological father is. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, well, my, my birth certificate dad is probably my dad because I was, I had, I was like five things. Like I was Irish, English, Scottish, and not that was the majority of what I was. I didn't have anything else. Like there was nothing registering. There was nothing that was telling me I was anything but European. And so my sister goes on this, goes on her journey and she starts explaining to me that there are people that can help us. Like, she's like, there's people that can help you find, she didn't really have to look for, look far because she sends the first kid off and then um, she, this was, um, she, she went to one company and then she turned around and went to Ancestry and she actually found an uncle on Ancestry. So she didn't really have to go very far to find her um, biological family. And she figured out real quickly who her biological father was once she had the Ancestry uh, test. But she, she found out through getting on these groups on Facebook that there are people who can help you find um, your family. So for some reason, I just wanted to do it myself or sometimes I wonder too, did I drag my feet because I really didn't want to know, like I wanted to know, but I didn't want to know because I was afraid of what I'd find out. And so I, um, in, in 2000, I, I would go back to it like periodically, but once my sister found her family through ancestry, she convinced me to get it. She actually sent me an ancestry kit and she's like, you're taking an ancestry test because this is going to probably give you a little bit more answers and maybe get you closer to finding out who your biological father is. So I got the ancestry um, test done and same thing. It came back. There was no American Indian at DNA. And, and so um, I would try really hard to find things uh, to figure out, but I had no close matches. There was one second cousin in my matches. And when I, when I reached out to him, his wife was the one that was managing his account. And when I talked to, when I sent her a message, she said, well, you know, he's very ill and has memory issues. And so he's really not going to be that good, big of a help. And when I first started, when I first started looking and reaching out to cousins on ancestry, I still wasn't sure if my birth certificate father was my father or not. And so in the attempt to not embarrass my dad's family, my grandmother, especially, um, I did, wasn't, I was real vague with people when I would ask them questions. I wasn't just going to tell them, look, I don't know who my biological father is. I just would ask them questions like, are you related to these people? And everybody kept coming back with no. Well, because my grandmother is half Czechoslovakian, she has a very different name. And so I, I kept getting no's and I kept thinking uh, my logical side was telling me, well, if somebody had that name in their family, they would know it. Even if they didn't know the exact name, they'd know it was something like that. 
And because I kept getting these no's like, no, no, that's, we don't have those names. I started thinking to myself, like, I, I really think I'm barking up the wrong tree. Well, in about 2019, so in 2018, I want to say this, that I had a, my stepdad came into my life when I was 14. And my stepdad was a very crucial part of my life. He um, came in and took uh, very good care of us and just really made my life a lot more stable than I had ever had. And so um, in 2018, my stepdad passed away. And I think that's what spurred the wanting to know. I think it was kind of like, he's gone. And not that I needed another father, but he was gone and I didn't really have anybody to feel obligated to, if that makes any sense. You know, it was just, it kind of gave me the opportunity to search on. So I get real serious and about the time I start really getting serious, like I want to find out another second cousin pops up. And so I'm like, okay, this is, and by the way he was matching. So my mom's family have all tested. My mom's siblings have tested, their kids have tested and my mom's first cousins and their kids have tested a lot of them. So I could tell by the way, the second cousin was popping up. I was like, that's probably my, my biological father's first cousin. It's gotta be. So I send him a message and he never responds, but I'm sending him a message asking him if he knows these surnames. Well, he's probably like, I don't know those surnames because those aren't the surnames that are in his family. So I start reaching out to cousins that I had already reached out to, you know, the third and fourth cousins that I had already reached out to. I start reaching out to them, asking them, um, because I figured I found out by listening to other people who searched that you have to really narrow it down to these surnames. So I start reaching out to them, like, what side of the tree am I matching up on? Well, I reach out to one of the cousins and I say, what can you tell me what side of your tree that I'm matching up on? And, and she just comes back and she says, do you know who your biological father is? And I'm like, I didn't even ask her any like, how does she even how would she even know that's a question? So I send her a message. And, and at that point, I kind of had two choices. I could have told her, sure, I know who my biological father is, or I could just tell her the truth. So I decided I was just going to write her an email, explain to her that there's two possibilities. And I need, you know, I, I don't know who it is, but it's looking like it's not my birth certificate father father. And so I, I explain all of that to her and she comes back and she goes, I, and, and in my, in my email, I'm explaining to her that there's this American Indian man that my mom met on vacation, but that I don't have any American Indian DNA. And so I'm not sure if there's a third possibility and my mom's just not remembering. I didn't feel like my mom was lying or anything. My mom just kept saying, there's two possibilities. There's, there's your dad or this guy that I met on vacation and so it was hard to sort all that out because I didn't have any American Indian DNA. So she explains this fourth cousin comes back and says, well, I'm going to tell you this. My whole family thought we were American Indian until we started doing ancestry tests. And none of us are American Indian, but we all look American Indian. And I explained to her, I said, I have a picture. And she goes, send me the picture. So I sent her the picture and she says to me, um, this, I don't know who he is. Cause she said, send me the picture and maybe I, maybe I know him. So I sent her the picture. She says, I don't know who he is, but what I will tell you is he looks like my family. He looks like somebody that would belong to us. So she's, she kind of gave me, she kind of gave me some ideas of what's what, where I'm matching up and what surnames it's looking like I belong to on one side. So um, I reach out to another third cousin who I had reached out to, to before that had responded to me. And when I reached out to him the first time, he was very nice. And so I was like, well, I'll just reach out to him again. He was one of my closer third cousins. And when I reached out to him and sent him a message, I again asked a very vague question, you know, what side of the tree am I matching up on? And he comes, he, when I sent the message off, I realized that now his, his account was being managed by a woman. And so I was like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have sent it. And so the woman comes back before she comes back and, and 
before she messages me back, she says that um, I see that she has like a profile and on Ancestry, I guess when you're managing somebody else's account, you can go onto their stuff, even if you're not biologically related to them. And it kind of gives you like their little, uh, I like their little summary of who they are. And her summary said, I, I really like a good puzzle. Um, I, I, I can help find family. So I thought, well, maybe she can help me. You know, she can at least tell me what family I belong to or something like that. And so shortly after I find out that it's not the man that I thought, you know, I wasn't sending it to the man, but I was sending it to the person who uh, managed his account. She comes back and she says, do you know who your biological family uh, father is? And I'm like, how does she even know to ask that? I asked such a vague question. And so I, again, had that, I was at that crossroad where it's like, do you tell them the truth? And I, I struggled with it really hard because I just never wanted somebody to call my grandma and be like, why is, you know, you're, why is she calling people ask, you know, why is she reaching out to people asking if, um, telling people she can't find her biological father? You know, I just, I, I really just sure. worried about that a lot. And so, um, she comes back and she asks me, do I know who my biological father is? I'm at this crossroad. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with her. So I tell her and she, she comes back and she says, I really think I could help you. Her name was Terry. And Terry was what I consider my search angel for sure. So she comes back and she explains to me that she was also, um, she also, didn't know that her father was not her father until she got on ancestry and found out that her biological father was somebody else as well. And so she has a passion for this. She is a biology major and has always um, been interested in DNA. She explains all this to me. And, and really in the back of my mind, I'm still like, uh, you know, okay. I, I'm still not understanding really how it works. And I'm still thinking, is this real? Like, could she really find, you know, who I'm biologically related to? So she explains to me what I'm going to have to do and how I'm going to have to give her permissions into my ancestry account. So I give her these permissions and that was nine, about nine thirty, nine forty-five 945 on um, that morning. And at three forty-five, she says to me, I believe I found your biological grandmother. And so at that point, I'm like, no way. So she says, would you like to see a picture? I said, sure. Um, we start at that point, we get on the phone because um, at that point, I just wanted to know, like, how does she know this? What's making her say that this woman was my biological grandma? She she explained to me that this grant, this, this woman had actually passed away and that 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 particular woman had been married Two, to two different men and had sons by two different men. So she had two sons by one man. And then she had two sons by another man. And the uh, second cousin that popped up last on my ancestry, the one that I sent a message to, and he never sent me a message back. She explained to me that he is actually my first cousin and that our fathers are, are half brothers. And so that's how she got me narrowed down to the family that she got me. Near. And I would have never even thought um, that even, even, uh, you know, I think about it now and I'm like, my sister and I were half sisters. I don't know why it never dawned on me that a second cousin could be a first cousin that's by a half sibling. It just never dawned on me. So anyway, um, she explains to me that this woman and her husband, her second husband, I was related to both of them on both sides of their families. And so that I, I had to be the biological child of one of their sons. So they, uh, the, at the time when I would have been conceived, one would have been 16 and one would have been 19. So I automatically kind of veered toward the 19 year old thinking, okay, so the 19 year old is probably it. My mom had told me that, the man she met on vacation was uh, 19 when she, when she met him. So I was like, okay, it's probably the 19 year old. I, I start, uh, I start asking Terry um, how to kind of, how do I contact these people? What, what's my next step? And 
she's saying to me, well, one of the brothers is on social media and I can, she said, I can send you his picture, but it's the younger one. And I said, okay. So she sends me the younger one's picture. And at this point I hadn't even told Terry that I had a picture of him or of, of, you know, of somebody. I, I just, at that point, I really didn't think that the man in my picture was my biological father possibly. And so I send Terry um, I start talking to her and we, I start, she starts sending me pictures of their family from, from Facebook. And, um, the picture she sends me of the brother, the brother that, um, was 16 at the time when I saw his picture for the first time, he looked so familiar to me. Like I, when I saw his face, I, I was just like, he looks, and it's so funny or weird or, you know, I hear this so many times on in these stories that when people see their biological parent, they know them somehow, like they, there's a familiar, there's something familiar about them. And I, I, in some ways, I wish I had never listened to those stories because I felt the same way, but you almost feel like, okay, I promise you, I'm not making this up. Like, this is a real thing. Like you really look at this person and you feel like, you know, them somehow. And so, um, I, so at that point, um, I call my sister who, you know, as we know from, before, you know, the earlier on in the story, she's already had some type of experience with this. And my sister goes on to um, Facebook and finds the older brother, the brother that's going to be, that's 19. So she says, I, I think I found the older brother. She explains to me how she found him. She definitely found him. And we're just assuming that the older brother might be my biological father. But the whole time I'm telling Terry, I said, so I finally told Terry that I had a picture and she said, well, send me the picture. And the whole time I'm looking at these two pictures, I'm looking at the picture that Terry sent me and the picture that I've had since I was 10. And I'm like, you know, at first glance, I'm like, they're not the same person. But then the more and more I looked at it and I started looking at features and noses and, you know, eyes, I started thinking, well, this really could be the same person. But because he was only 16 at the time, I thought, well, maybe the older brother, they just look really a lot alike. And when I see the older brother, I'm going to, he's going to, it's going to really look like him. But when I saw the older brother's picture, I knew that the older brother was not the man in my, in my um, picture. Like I, he just did not look anything like the, the picture at all. And so I, I, at that point, I say to Terry, like, I don't know what my next step is here. And she goes, well, she said, this is what I would suggest that you do. I would suggest you take the picture of the picture that you have and send it to the sister because these two brothers had a sister. She said, the sister is a lot more active on Facebook and the sister will be able to um, probably help you faster. But because I didn't have a Facebook, I had, again, came to a crossroads. And so I had to say, do I have somebody reach out to them? Or do I go and reactivate my Facebook account from 2014 and talk to them? Or do I have somebody else? You know, I, I was just kind of not, fig- I couldn't figure it out. And so um, I called my sister and I explained, she goes, well, I'll reach out to him. I said, okay. So my sister sends the sister, my sister sends his sister a message and just says, you know, I'm working on a family tree. I'm I'm wondering if you could tell me who this person is in this picture. And she said, that's my brother and says his name, says the name of the 16 year old, the guy who would have been 16 at the time. And so at that point we knew we had found him. I mean, I knew I, I was pretty confident that it was him at that point. I, didn't need any more DNA test, but um, anyway. So you find the 16 year old now who is much older, who is your <laughs> father. Is he still alive? Did you meet him in person? Did you meet any of his family? Who have you communicated with uh, in terms of that side of the family? Of course, you had the, re- the connection with Terry. You had the connection with his sister, but are there other children of his that would be your half siblings um anybody you've connected with on that end well because my sister is some type of a uh 
I call her a professional sleuth, but other people might call her an amateur sleuth. <laughs> I find out that he um, is still living. He has his own Facebook page and that he has three children. So I, my sister says to me, once the sister comes back, once his sister comes back and says, that's my brother, my sister says to me, what do you want me to do? And I said, send it to him and ask him. So she sends it to him and he doesn't answer her right away. He it's, it's actually the next day before he comes back and says, that's me. Why are you asking? So my sister says, he's asking me why I'm asking, what do I do? And I, and at that point I was like, you know what, I'm, we're just, we just need to tell him the truth because I thought to myself, if this is truly my biological family, I don't want anybody thinking I'm, you know, got some kind of trickery up my sleeve or something. And so um, she just starts explaining to him. But the problem is my sister, although she's very familiar with my story, she had some of the details a little wrong. Like she was asking him about locations. She was telling him about locations he had no idea about because it's not what he knew to be the truth. Like, in other words, she was calling. So in Texas, there's this region called the Valley, which is South Texas. Well, my parent, my mom and my biological father met in South Padre Island, Texas. And so my sister was asking him or telling him, you, you met my mom in um, South Padre. I mean, she said, you met my mom in the Valley. And he was like, I, I've never even been to the Valley. Well, he, he, did, he doesn't know South Padre Island as the Valley. He knows it as South, South Padre Island. So he just, he really just chalked it. Up. I think he chalked it up to just a scam. Like, I don't think he had, I really think he thought somebody was messing with him. And so he blocked her. He completely stopped talking to her. And so I send the sister an email and I just tell her, look, uh, I'm here. I I'm pretty certain that I'm his biological daughter and I exist. And if, you know, I'm trying to give him an opportunity to have a, at least have a conversation with me because uh, somebody's going to find out that I exist eventually. I mean, people are going to take these DNA tests and they're going to find out I'm here. Um, and so and, and I also wanted him to know, like, I, I don't know. I, I was, I think I was very naive in how this can affect somebody's life. I, I remember making the comment, uh, it's not that big of a deal. I don't understand what the big deal is. Why, why it's such a big deal. I, I don't know. I was so naive. And I, I think I was also just in the mindset of, uh, I just need to know who, I, where I belong. And, and so anyway, um, after that happened, she, the sister sent me an email back and just said, you know, he's in, he's not in the best of health and his, he can't handle the kind of stress that this is bringing on. And so basically just leave him alone. So at that point, because I lived 30 years, not knowing who my biological father was, I really, at that point, my goal was to just get somebody to take an ancestry test so I knew for sure. So I didn't spend another 30 years thinking somebody was my biological father that wasn't. Even though the way I found out, I could have, I could have probably put money on it, you know, that he was, I, I needed to see it for myself. I, I don't know. I don't know why that drive was there, but it definitely was. And so um, I talked to the sister on the phone once and I kind of got the gist that they weren't that close. I, I think they grew up close, but as they got older, they both kind of lived different lifestyles. And so um, they're not as close as they used to used to be. And so um, I kind of felt like maybe I was going to the wrong person. But before um, I hung up with her that day, she had told me that she'd take a DNA test. And so I said, I was like, okay, um, I got the DNA test expedited to her house. And um, the next day when the test shipped, I sent her a text message and said, you know, that the test is shipping. Um, it's going to be uh, to you tomorrow or something to that effect. And she came back and told me that she was going to move and that she couldn't accept the test. So I really think that, I'm not really sure what happened. I, I think that she was really going through a hard time in her personal life. I don't think it had anything really much to do with me, but I also think it was just an easy out for her. I don't think she wanted at that point, wanted to really be involved. And so um, it was just, it was, my heart was just 
I, I was devastated. I will say just downright devastated. It, it, it took me, um, you know, just rejection from a biological family member is devastating. But then uh, for somebody to actually say, yeah, it sounds like you have a, a story and it sounds like the story. Because one thing that she that she she made me, um, she told me in our phone conversation, I told her that my mom and my mom met him in South Padre Island, Texas. And she said, well, that makes sense. And I said, well, why do you say that? He said, well, she says, well, my brother used to go down there and work at my uncle's company in the summertime. So it just kind of, it did string some things together that made sense because my, my mom and him were both from very different parts of Texas. And so it made sense why he would find his way down to South Padre Island um, in the summertime. So um, that was one thing that I learned at that point. But another thing I want to say is when I was younger, after I got the picture of my biological father from my mom, I was going through some other pictures and there is a picture of him and my mom sitting next to each other that I found later that I kind of grabbed and I, I put the two pictures together and kind of just have always kept them together. So I knew uh, that they had met, <laughs> you know, I, I knew that um, and that was another thing that my sister tried to tell him was like, I mean, I have a picture because he kept saying, I don't know your mom. Uh, I've never been to your mom's hometown. And she kept saying, well, I, I'm just letting you know that that other picture that I sent you, it's of you sitting next to my mom. So you did meet her now, whether or not something happened, I don't know. You know, she, she, she said she was trying to, she honestly was not trying to pin him down. She was trying to just give him the option to go. Yeah, that, I do remember that. Or, you know, she, she wasn't, she wasn't going to be too hard on him because she just, she didn't know uh, really how to do that. So anyway, um, so at this point, I don't know really what to do. I don't know what my next steps are. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm in a lot of turmoil and a lot of pain and there's a lot of emotions going on inside of me. So at that point, I kind of felt like I needed to give it a break for a little while and get my thoughts together. And my husband said to me, you really need to get a plan together, figure out what it is that your goal is here. What is it that you're looking for? And, and I do think that that was probably some of the best advice I got um, because that's exactly what I did. So for five, uh, it was almost six weeks, actually, I sat on it and just said, you know, what is it that I want from this? And the main thing I really wanted was I wanted to know who my biological father was. I wanted to see who it was. I wanted to see the evidence. Like I didn't want to just somebody tell me that that's my grandma. And so one, one thing that Terry did tell me was if, if you're going to get a test done, you really need either one of the brothers to test or one of their children to test, because that's going to tell you, she said, you're definitely related to these two people but you don't know which of the uh, sons you're related to uh, directly. So you really need one of their children to test or one of them to test, because that will tell you which side of the family that you're belonging to. So um, at this point, I start coming up with this plan, like, okay, he's not in good health. So I'm going to reach out to the brother and see if the brother will test. And if the brother tests, then I'll, and he comes back as an uncle, I will know who my biological father is. Like that'll give me my answer. So I had um, come up with this plan that I was going to send the brother and his wife um, a message and just explain to them my story and ask them if they'll help me because um, my biological father's not in the best of health. But before I did it, I went, I went to talk to my husband about it. And my husband said, well, you know, I, I really think it's, if it's, a, if you're going to do it, you need to do it directly. So you need to just reactivate your Facebook account, talk to these people directly. And if you're going to send the brother a message, you need to send your biological father a message too, because you need to give him uh, the opportunity. Um, and, and this is what I was going to say. So having a third person do it and receiving rejection that way is almost unofficial. It's almost like they've, you, you don't get the closure. So I, 
at that point, I knew that I needed to get the way I was going to get closure is to reach out directly. So I send all three of them. I send my biological father, his brother and the brother's wife. So my biological father's sister-in-law send them all, all a message and just explain to them my whole story. And, um, nobody responds, <laughs> responds to me. I sent them this message on a Friday. So I'm thinking I'll send it on a Friday and by, you know, it'll give me all weekend to kind of deal with it and answer their questions. If they have questions, you know, my husband has, you know, my husband told me, tell them we'll, we'll pay for the, all them a test, uh, whoever wants a test, we'll pay for it. So, um, I offer that to them. I don't hear anything back. Um, Monday comes and goes. And on Wednesday, I decide I'm going to send his son and his daughter. At this point, I had found out that he has a, he has three children, but his oldest son is adopted. And so I knew that he wasn't going to be able to help me because he's not biologically related to him. So um, I, I send a message to his son and his daughter and I just say, you know, we'll, we'll pay for anybody a test. I just need somebody to help me. And within like maybe 10 minutes, um, his daughter is calling me. And so um, his daughter calls me. She tells me she's going to help me. And um, uh, long story short, uh, she reads him my letter he says that that's not the story that my my sister had told him and that uh, the story I, I, you know, the letter that she wrote, read him, wrote him. I mean, I'm sorry, the letter I wrote that she read to him, he said, um, I'm really pretty positive. That's probably my biological child. So um, whatever it was that he heard in my letter, he he understood and and he figured out that I probably was his. By the time um, I talked to him, I talked to him the next day. Um, he had told me that he did remember my mom um, and he, uh, there were some things that, uh, you know, he just told me he, he couldn't imagine not knowing who his biological parent was. And um, there was a lot of healing that went along with that. Um, I have now met my biological sister. I met her 10 days after we talked on the phone the first time. Uh, she's awesome. I feel like we get along pretty well. She's her and I are a lot of like, a lot alike. And there's a lot of similarities that I've found throughout the years that, I mean, not throughout the years, throughout the time getting to know her that we are a lot alike. And, and what I was going to say is throughout the years, we've had a lot of the same experiences. And I think that is just so weird. And, and even um, the same experiences in terms of our dads, you know, I have a lot of the same um, emotions behind my relationship with my, by, uh, my, my birth certificate father that she had with her own father. And so, which is the, our biological, you know, my biological father. And so, I find those things really weird and, and odd. And it, it, I felt like it was, you know, it was, I do feel like it was God giving me uh, the answers that I had longed for for so long, but also it was his way. Of, I felt like it was his way of showing me that, uh, that he is really the answer. And so that's been my main, my main, uh, my main, like, a uh, message in in my story is just that uh, when you learn to rely on God and these things happen, uh, even though you're kind of thrown for a loop with all the stuff that goes on, that He's still um, there, and you know whatever you go through, you have to lean on Him. And so, anyway. Um, that's really the, it's kind of the gist of my story. I, I like to talk about the different things that are alike because I think it's so neat. So my biological sister has three children and so do I. Um, we named all of our children. Uh, my, all my kids' names start with an A and all of her kids' names start with a M. 
So all of our kids' first names uh, have the same letter, and then all of her kids' names have the same letter. And I think that's, I think that's a personality thing. But I, I it just shows how much how the things that we're like. Um, she is um, makes hair bows, and when my kids were little, I made hair bows. I, you know, I'm uh, one of those people who do a lot of crafts. She does a lot of crafts. I, I don't know. I just feel like our personalities are very similar. And I, I find it, I find those things really funny because um, even though I don't think biology and being bi- biological, biologically connected to people is just everything, I definitely think it's very important. And, and it plays this role that I tell people like this, there were things about myself when you look in the mirror or when you have these personality traits that you're not sure where they come from. And then all of a sudden you're looking at somebody that looks like you and you're seeing beauty in them. And then you're seeing beauty in their personality and those personality traits that are like yours. Uh, It just makes your life make some sense that might not have made sense before. Your story is one in which it's very evident that you didn't want to give up. You wanted to find the answer and you encountered roadblocks along the way, like the one sister or relative uh, that just said, I'll do a test. And then the next day says, no, I'm not going to do a test. So there is a roadblock that you encountered. But then, you know, he cuts you out in a sense blocks your relative that's communicating. But yet, again, you're not giving up. You're persistent. Reach out to other family. And then finally, relents and says, you know, I think this is the right story. You are my biological child. And so now you've found this family. You've connected with the sister. And you mentioned that there are two other children he has. Have you connected with them or is it just with the sister? Um, mainly with just the sister. Um, I haven't, I haven't actually talked to the um, oldest son at all. The, the middle son, uh, I have texted with him very shortly. I've never talked to him on the phone or anything. I'm kind of at a point in this. Now this was in January of this year. So, you know, it's only been, um, I guess, seven months at this point. Uh, I'm kind of at a point where I, it's not that I expect them to come and talk to me. It's just, I really just don't want to push my way into anybody's life that doesn't really want me there. So I, again, I'm not, it's not that I'm saying they have to talk to me and I, I'm not going to talk to them. I just, I, I don't know where my in is. Like I, that's, that's the other hard part about this situation you, you, it's hard to know where your place is. It's hard to know where you belong. And if people aren't inviting, and it's hard to know how far to push and how far to go. And when you have a goal to know, okay. So another thing I was going to tell you is uh, early on in knowing and talking to my biological father, he told me he would take a test. So I said, okay, Um, that's awesome. That would be just like a dream to me because it's going to come back as a father daughter match. And I will know for sure. Um, but then his wife really does not like the idea, did not want another child biologically connected to him. And so he never took, he wouldn't take the test. And so my biological sister actually had to take the test. It came back We're biological siblings. So I do know who my biological father is, but, um, you know, there's just been these, Uh, different scenarios along the way that have made me question, sometimes question people, because I don't understand somebody not wanting biological family to to connect. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that biology is everything. I don't think it is. My stepdad was a wonderful man who was a great, who was a great grandfather, a great, you know, grandfather, figure to my children and he was not biologically connected to me. So I don't think biology is everything, but I also don't think, I don't understand somebody not understanding somebody wanting to know where they come from. And 
I'm, I'm, I have a hard time with it, but it's also something that when it happens, you just have to learn how to make peace with it. You know, you just have to come away with the attitude of what happens, it happens, and you just have to accept not maybe getting all the answers or not it not turning out the way you want it to, I guess is what I'll say. One of the things that I realize is that you made a big investment too in this because you were buying these DNA kits, you were sending them there. Maybe you even sent one to him and then he ends up not taking it. But, you know, you ask that question, well, why does he not, why don't they want to connect on a biological level or have that confirmation? And I'm sure that there are lots of reasons and maybe some listeners can can figure out some on their own. But, you know, I guess I would think, well, maybe they think that, well, now here you are, you're trying to edge your way in for some sort of inheritance now that you're a daughter or something, or that you're going to make some sort of request for a liver transplant or, you know what I mean? Like, these are probably some of the kind of the the bizarre things that enter into their mind. Well, if I'm connected to that person, it means that maybe then I have to do something for them. I wasn't there for that person for 40 years of their life. And then what happens if something comes up and I can help, but do I want to help? And so they kind of want to have that out in a sense, I would think, that they don't want to have that connection uh, verified, which, you know, is a sad thing. And you mentioned that you're trying to figure out where you fit, where you belong in all of this. And of course, this is all fresh. This is all new to you. And I think over time, uh, as you forge that relationship with this sister, the one who took the test, who confirmed everything for you, well, she's going to guide you along in that way, I would think, that, you know, if the time is right for you to meet your father in person or to have continuing conversation or to meet these other brothers, I think that she'll be able to let you know when that's right. So you just got to trust that as you've uh, entered into this relationship, that uh, with this newfound family, with one of the family members, that whatever happens, it's going to be what's supposed to be. That's and, uh, right. Yeah, so so you mentioned that your stepfather passed away and that kind of gave you the permission to search. Now, did you mention if your mother is still alive and how did she receive this news that you found the mystery man from that summer vacation? My mom my mom has always been supportive. She's been supportive. Um she's always tried to give me the information that I asked for. There were times where she just didn't know cuz she didn't remember. Uh, she is still living. And so um, she's, she's been very supportive. She's happy for me. Uh, she thinks it's long overdue. And she, I think that because of her part in it, I think that it's kind of alleviated some of some guilt because when your child's asking you questions about their biological parent and that's questions you can't answer, I'm sure it's hard. I don't know, but you know, I, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's been healing for both of us in some ways, you know, she's, she's been very supportive. She's, she's a good, she's a good, good lady and a good mom. And she's, I feel like she has really tried her hardest to re, kind of redeem herself in a way. And, you know, I always tell people, my mom is way more than a decision she made when I was seven, when she was 17, you know, she just, she's, my mom has really tried hard to um, right her wrongs, so to speak. So I, I don't even know if that's necessary. I don't even know if that's the right words. I, I, I'm just saying she's always been supportive and she's always tried to give me the answers that I was looking for and always try to help me and um, ha has always, uh, you know, been happy and celebrated at times when I um, had you know, when I found them and, and, you know, when, when I went and met my biological sister, she was very, she was just so happy for me. And she wanted to know all the details, you know, but not in a, not in a, like a nosy way or not even in a, not in any kind of way other than she was just happy for me. If that, if that makes sense. Well, it seems what has taken place is that there is closure, closure for her, closure for you as you come to know who your biological father is as you come to know 
your sister, and uh, and now you can move on and move on together with this family. Today on DNA Discoveries, we've been speaking with Brandy, and she has shared her story about how she found her biological father. It was a complicated process, many ups and downs along the way, but her perseverance led her to identify who he is, and that question that she's had since the age of 10 is now answered. Each episode of DNA Discoveries brings you stories of individuals who have found family. If you have found a family member, please reach out to me, and I would love to help you share your story. I'm Edward Looney. And I hope that you'll join us next time for another story of finding family on DNA Discoveries.